Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hi, my name is Julie. I'm a compulsive overeater. And uh, leaving your audio... Hi, Julie. Yeah. And leaving your audio on when you don't think it's on is like standing up in front of a room full of people to give a talk with your fly open. So I apologize for that this morning. Um, anyway, um, I uh, I got to say that um, FYI, guys, the, uh, the passcode in the uh, on online when I looked it up is four with an exclamation point behind it and when i tried that on my computer i could not get in so i'm here on my phone today because i couldn't i couldn't get in on my um on my computer so i don't know if i did something wrong or if uh, the the website has your passcode wrong but good to um, know we'll check into that thank you just check into it. i i'm that's why i'm just like a little flustered because it was like you know I don't do things well under pressure. I can do them, but I don't do them well. Um, so, so, you know, that's nothing towards me. It's just like, ah, you know. Um, so I'm gonna get uh, stuff out of the way. I just wanna welcome anybody who's new or fairly new and or people who are coming back or or whatever you're doing. Um, this is Overeaters Anonymous and you're welcome here. Um, uh, I love compulsive overeaters because for so long I hated myself and I felt different. I was different. I ate different. I felt different. And that was even in my own family of compulsive overeaters. You know, um, it was uh, compulsive overeating is a disease for me that was very very isolating and I liked it like that. I did not want an audience when I was, what what I was doing with food, okay? And, but I've been in Overeaters Anonymous now uh, 40 years and I've been abstaining from compulsive overeating and that means for me, the, the bottom line is, is I don't eat sugar in the form of cakes, cookies, candy, stuff like that. And I don't, the eating behavior, I stay away from is binging. Now that leaves a lot of space for a lot of things, but there's just a whole lot of stuff that um, uh, that's not on my plan of eating, okay? And things I find that aren't successful when I do them. Uh, so it's taken a long time and a lot of, a lot of, you know, trial and error to find out what those, what those things are and for some of them to be willing to let go of them. Um, I have no problem with anybody that eats bread, but um, it took me seven years <laughs> for that ship to come into port before I was willing to let it go. Um, but my top weight was, I quit weighing at a certain point, but I'm pretty sure I hit the 200 mark. I'm five, I used to be five three. I'm now five two and two and a half, something like, I'm shrinking. Um, and uh, my bottom weight in this program was also 98 pounds. So I've seen both, both sides of that coin. And uh, 
And what happened to me, just briefly for those who don't know me, is uh, I came into OA, uh, I was absent in a year and a half, and I didn't get it. I mean, the program's in English, it's my first language, but um, I didn't understand the disease. I didn't understand, um, I didn't understand, even though I read the big book, even though I was going to meetings. I somehow in my brain got it that if you just follow a food plan and weigh and measure and uh, go to meetings, um, I started off trying to have a higher power and I found that the longer I stayed abstinent, the more I couldn't control the anger I had, the old anger, the resentments, all that stuff in there and a lot of it was towards a higher power for what I perceived to be an unfair hand dealt to me in life. And uh, so it's hard to turn to something that, um, that you're really pissed at. So I didn't have a higher power. It says in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, which is our basic text for this program, uh, that um, the essentials for recovery are that we trust a higher power and uh, clean house and work with others. Well, I didn't trust a higher power. I hadn't cleaned house, but I was working with others. God bless them. <laughs> and um, so I was 98 pounds, and I probably would have kept losing more weight. I'd stopped having a menstrual cycle. I was, I couldn't walk up a flight of stairs without being exhausted. <clears throat> but uh, what happened was, as I began compulsively overeating, and I know a retreat, no less. Uh, because I didn't have my food scale and I didn't have any effective mental defense against that first compulsive bite. And so I put on 16 pounds in six days and I went from 98 to 200 in less than three months. In Southern California, which is where I am from now, uh, during the month Five of June, minutes. July, thank you, during the months of June, July, and August, when it was like over 100 every day. And uh, for the next two and a half years, I couldn't get abstinent. I was going to meetings. I was working with sponsors. I was taking the first three steps over and over again, but I couldn't do it. What happened to me was I had to experience hitting what we call hitting a bottom. Uh, and nobody can manufacture surrender. Surrender comes. It's, it, it's not something I can make happen. I can be willing, but I didn't, I just had to do what I had to do. And after trying and failing and trying and failing, and the only, I was going to meetings, I was going to meetings and I just couldn't get it. I just couldn't get it. I just couldn't get it. And then one day somebody said something to me and it wasn't in an OA meeting because I was too ashamed to go to OA meetings after a while. I mean, I had enough 30 day chips to, ring around my bedroom. Um, I was uh, at an AA meeting and people thought I'd gotten drunk. I said, no, just had a loaf of bread and a pound of butter, <laughs> the usual. And, uh, and uh, somebody came up to me and I was, you know, I was pretty effed up emotionally, definitely. And physically, definitely. And uh, a gal came up to me and said something that you could have knocked me over with a feather. I'd never heard it before. I'd never said it to myself. And I don't remember every, anybody in my lifetime ever saying this to me, which was, why don't you try being kind to Julie? 
and the most kind thing I can do to this day is to abstain. I was, I heard in a meeting, I'm so glad I didn't kill myself. I would have been killing the wrong person. And that's what I was trying to do. Because after a certain point, at least, I don't know, as a compulsive overeater, I use food to hurt myself. I think it's a treat. I think it's going to make me feel better. I think it's going to be okay. And every time I choose to eat foods that are a problem for me or for sure, like, you know, there's those meth foods, you know, the crack cocaine foods, the ones that once I start, I'm out of here. I don't want to see you. I don't want to talk to you. I want nothing to do with OA. I'm gone. Okay, I'm gone. And uh, those sugar foods for me. Um, Anyway, um, I just tried it one more time. I mean, I had prayed a thousand times, you know, God help me stop eating and I'd eat again. God help me stop eating and I'd eat again. And after a while, you know, I'm like, is there anybody up out there? You know, now this again, you got to remember, this is early recovery where I'm thinking it's outside of me. And and so I just thought, okay, I'll give it one more try. And see, I thought recovery would look like if a higher power helped me that I wouldn't want to eat. Abstinence would be easy. Following a plan of eating would be easy. And that I wouldn't have to have bad feelings. You know, the ones I've been eating from, the anger, shame, embarrassment, regret, remorse, all those. Well, unfortunately, when I abstain, I feel, not only do I feel better, but I feel everything better. Meaning I get all the feelings back. I don't, it's not like a tap where you can turn it hot and cold. I just want, you know, this one, but I don't want that one. It's all one spout and it's feelings. And I didn't get to turn those off anymore. So um, it was difficult. Okay. I think I was thinking about this today. What a sponsor did for me was, and what food did for me, food convinced me I didn't want to do this anymore. Not another person, food. I, I don't want to do this anymore because I eat like a wino drinks. I don't bathe. I don't go to work. I don't show up for people. The only thing I'm interested in is food when I'm eating food, when I'm on, in my illness. And I'm so grateful I stuck around to learn that it is an illness and that it centers in my mind, that it's my thinking that's the problem. I'm both bodily and mentally different from my fellows. And like it says, you know, who wants to admit that? But I couldn't deny it. And so when I came in here, I was angry. I was really, really angry. So when people would say, well, love you till you can love yourself, I basically felt like saying, screw you. You know, I don't want your love. I want your help. How do I stop this? You know, it's like being wheeled into the emergency room. I'm bleeding. I've got gunshot wounds. Don't pat my hand and tell me you love me. Stop the bleeding and then we'll talk about the love. See, I had a bit of a bad attitude. But what happened was, is I got a sponsor um, who had experience and common sense. And she told me what to do and I did what she said. I think part of recovery for me is being willing to do it somebody else's way. 
because if I could orchestrate my own recovery, I would have many years before I quit eating. So what I do is, um, and do today is this, you know, what are, what are the essentials that I do? I have a checklist. Am I going to meetings regularly? Am I talking at those meetings? Am I being honest about what's going on? And if not during the meeting, with somebody before or after the meeting, do I have a sponsor? Do I call that sponsor? I am calling a sponsor. I call a sponsor regularly, like once a week and more, actually a couple times a week. Um, am I working the steps? And today it's, it's still important for me to have reminders about what am I doing, you know? Because after a while, after 40 years, you know, it kind of gets to be like, oh, it's, it's more like breathing. But I can kid myself. My disease loves for me to be vague in my mind about things. So um, I have a sponsor. I sponsor people. Uh, I read the literature. That's why I go to literature studies. So I'm sure to read the literature. Uh, I pray and meditate. Um, today, my higher power is a lot different than the one I came in with. Program says I can have any higher power I want. I can pick anything. Or I can pick nothing. But I need a power greater than myself, which will solve my problem, which is what the big book says in chapter four. And that is exactly right. Because if I could have willed my way out of this, if I could have fought my way out of this, if I could have done anything, I would have. But I could not. Over food, I'm powerless. I have what they call those strange mental blank spots where I don't remember. Why am I not eating this again? Or I remember and I don't care. And what program does for me, what a higher power and the steps and service. Service is one of those things that got me to go to meetings when I didn't want to go to meetings, but I got the stupid literature. So I got to show up and put out the literature. And in doing that, I was brought to the message, which is hope. That if I'm having problems with food, if I can't stop eating, this is where miracles happen. This is where miracles happen. And um, today I have 36 years of abstinence. I'm maintaining an 80 pound weight loss for almost that amount of time. And I just want to say that when I'm eating, I think you're judging me. I don't feel welcome. I feel like, I feel like, you know, odd and weird and uh, a failure and a shame. That's what goes through my head because that's what my disease wants going through my head. It wants me to get out of these rooms. It wants me to get away from you. And what program keeps saying is no, you're welcome. We have a solution. We have a way out. And you don't have to suffer anymore if you don't want to. I was told you don't ever have to be fat again if you don't want to. But what they don't add is, however, I had to do a lot, you know, get a sponsor and work the steps and be willing to follow directions and go to meetings and work with others and pray when I didn't believe to what I was praying to. I just said the third step prayer because I was told to, you know, hell, if they had told me, Brent, paint yourself purple, I would have done it, you know, whatever. So um, to anybody that's new or fairly new, I just want to say, 
Go to more than one meeting. Go to a few meetings. Find meetings where you feel comfortable, if that's possible. Four minutes. Thank you. But just but just know that um, I am a five-time flunk out of a commercial weight loss program. I paid another program over, you know, like $300 to electroshock my arm and try and convince me I didn't like certain foods. I, at the time when I came in, I read every diet book there was and nothing worked. And so I came back to OA after overeating, not because I wanted to, but because I had nowhere else to go. And I knew here people understood what it feels like to eat out of a garbage can, to be a garbage can, to not be able to stop doing the one thing that hurts you while your head tells you it's the one thing that will help you. This is the only disease I know that tells me poison is a treat. So I have to hear that every day. Recovery is like, I'm gonna be vulgar here a minute, like taking a crap. You don't take one on Monday and expect it to last you till Friday. It's a daily deal. And this program is a daily deal. That's And the good news is, is I only have to do it for today. You know, I only get to do it for today. And then if I do it today, if I abstain, because I was always telling myself, tomorrow I'll get back on. Tomorrow I'll stop eating. Tomorrow. Tomorrow never comes. There is no tomorrow. There is only today. And this is the only day a higher power is in. That's it. So, um, so I would call in my food to my sponsor, and that's really hard. Because I don't want to be honest about my food. I'd rather be honest about my finances or genital herpes than be <laughs> honest about my food. Don't talk to me about my food. Okay, and when I was willing to follow direction and be honest, that's the essentials for recovery here, not perfection. <clears throat> it's honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. Am I willing to try this somebody else's way? Am I willing to be honest about how I feel? And even if I'm not any of those things, can I just show up? Now, you guys have heard this a million times, but I'll never forget when Woody Allen said it. He said, 90% of life is just showing up. And that's the truth. 90% of this program, show up. Show up for your sponsor. Show up for meetings. Show up for prayer and meditation. Show up and read the literature. Just show up. Even if you're eating. Even if you're struggling. Not even. Especially if you're eating. Especially if you're struggling. And that's when it's really hard. That's when it's really, really hard. But keep coming back. Just keep coming back. Um, I'm grateful every day. I have never regretted one time where I didn't eat something I knew wasn't right. And I've woke up every morning grateful that I didn't have it. I've never woken up grateful that I ate something that causes me problems. That's what the definition is, right? Foods and eating behaviors that cause us problems. Well, I have a lot of them. And so I think my time's probably about up. 
So um, uh, thank you guys for having me. Thank you for asking me to come and share with you. Um, it's an honor and a privilege. And uh, I'm glad to be here. And I'm glad you guys are here. Because without you, I wouldn't be alive today. I just wouldn't. Or I wouldn't be living a life worth living. That's for sure. So thank you for giving me a life worth living today. That's it.